You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. In the past episode, we talked a little bit about Arvind Vora. He is the national vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Indiana, and he made some comments on Facebook that were pretty inflammatory. Uh, in, in one, he tried to... How, how do I put this? He basically said you wouldn't you wouldn't pander to rapists to join the party. So why would you pander to teachers and soldiers? And then on Veterans Day, the day before Veterans Day, actually, to be clear, uh, made a uh, I don't know uh, it, a a point of saying thanks for trying, not thanks for your service, but thanks for trying. Uh, so. You know, and the Veterans Day, Memorial Day, in some libertarian circles, are an opportunity to just mock soldiers and poke fun at them. And there are a lot of people in the Libertarian Party that are working hard, and those comments don't help. So, Vora's comments have actually become somewhat. I mean, it's a commonplace thing. There's a common thread there. Uh, he. He would be, in the party parlance, considered a radical, part of the LP Radical Caucus. There is another pragmatic caucus, of which I would say that our two next guests are part of. Uh, there's the new Mises Caucus. There's a lot of different caucuses forming within the party to start to uh, wrestle with what is the future of the Libertarian Party. Now... Uh, if you want to hear more comments and commentary on all of that, then you can go back and listen to the last episode. But I do think that it is important to note something that happened over the weekend that I was a part of. I, in full disclosure, serve on the State Central Committee of the Libertarian Party of Indiana, which is basically the governing board. I represent the Indianapolis area. Uh, I announced at that meeting that this will be my last term serving on that board because I need to spend more time doing this. And, and I really, uh, like, even though we're called We Are Libertarians, I really want this to be a nonpartisan venture. I don't want to influence you one way or the other. I think there are a lot of people who feel that the Republican Party or the Democratic Party even uh, or the Libertarian Party are valuable for in terms of their efforts, and then there are other people who just don't vote, and then there are, there are a lot of people who just don't know. And so, I really want to not influence people in you know by being a part of it. And I just don't think it's fair to the party to be a, a person who is in a, an executive position while promoting or criticizing promoting other parties and candidates and ideas or criticizing the party that they serve. So I'm stepping down early next year and fulfilling my term there, but uh, I will not serve again. But I, I did vote and speak in favor of the resolution that was passed on November 11th, 2017. And resolutions are passed by state parties, and these central committees are made up of four executive officers and then sometimes some at-large officers or special officers, like we have a tech officer, and then district reps. So it's set up kind of like an executive branch and a legislative branch. And then that's how this, the national committee is set up, as well as a lot of the state parties. The state parties are separate committees affiliated with the National Libertarian Party, but they actually have no bearing over 
the National Party. So this was just basically a statement by the Libertarian Party of Indiana. It has no actual bearing, but it, it is very rare for a state party like Indiana that's more of a pragmatic state to put out a resolution calling for the resignation of an officer. That typically happens in more radical states, smaller states, so it is something of note. And that's why I wanted to bring it up here. I want to read it to you before we go to our interview with Jeremiah Morrill, who is the boss hog of Liberty, which you can find on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or at WeAreLibertarians.com, and the state chair, Tim McGuire. Let it be resolved. The Libertarian Party of Indiana condemns the actions of National Vice Chairman Arvind Vora. His continued use of social media in a way that alienates voters is unacceptable. We believe that we exist as a political party to win elections and to unite around smaller government and personal freedom. The LPIN has a record of winning elections at a local level. This continued messaging from a national leader is extraordinarily damaging to our opportunities for success in local races. A leader in Mr. Vora's position should not use their platform to be a lightning rod that drives away interested voters and candidates. The LPIN calls for the immediate resignation of Mr. Vora and his position in party leadership. Uh, It passed unanimously, and unanimously is probably 10, 12 people. Uh, So 10, 12 libertarians agreeing on anything is pretty hard. Uh, let's see. I want to. I want to do due diligence and uh, read Arvin's reply. Essentially, so if you'll forgive me for a moment, I'm just looking that up um, because I do want people to understand his point of view. All right. So this is what Arvin replied with: The Libertarian Party should be censured by running candidates as quote-unquote libertarian rather as quote-unquote republican or quote-unquote democrat it is making it harder for them to get elected this is a bad strategy plain and simple oh i'm missing the point is the whole point that we are fighting against the state instead of for it is the whole point that we're opposing the status quo rather than being a part of it is it that we're trying to fight this two-head monster rather than becoming the third head of the monster Obviously, worshiping the military and government school teachers will make us more popular with those in the military who still believe the propaganda and government school teachers who still believe the propaganda. But that defeats the purpose. Ending military interventionism and government schools are among the highest priorities for the freedom movement. Those two government boondoggles do more damage than the rest combined. They certainly do much more damage than every local government program combined. Fighting government schools and military idiocy isn't unstrategic, quote-unquote. It's the whole point of our movement. Getting elected by worshiping military overreach and government schools is just scoring a goal for the other team. It is generally easier to score a goal for the other team in any sport, but it is also pretty counterproductive. There are many who want to keep the Libertarian Party focused on minor issues so that we can become a minor league training ground for the Republican Party. Many of those people act as if the Libertarian Party and Republican Party are interchangeable. They are not. The Republican Party is a big government party. It favors the military welfare complex and the continuation of government schools. The Libertarian Party is a government-cutting organization. We want to dramatically cut military spending, shut down foreign bases, fire most current personnel, stop meddling in other countries' civil wars, and cut taxes accordingly. We want to end all government schools, charter schools, vouchers, at theft-funded education. We are not a feeder for the GOP or a part of the GOP or anything other than adversaries with the GOP. 
Um, I don't. I, personal note, editor's note. I don't disagree with any of that. So I I I don't know that many people listening would. Uh, it's like if you just said it that way. <laughs> and just in case anyone is unclear where I, Arvin, stand, I want to cut military spending and personnel to the minimum needed for defense of America, which actually may be zero, but is definitely way less than current. I want to end all theft-funded education immediately. I deeply hope that the Republican Party collapses today and will continue to work towards the end. Ditto the Democrats. I do not supporting. I do not support joining today's military, using or working at a government school, or voting or working for the Republican Party. Respectfully, Arvin, uh, Libertarian nominee for U.S. Senate, Maryland. Okay, I didn't know he was running for Senate. Um, so that is his point of view, and uh, I want to give the guys from Indiana a, a some time now to present why they took an unprecedented step in the state party of Indiana and called for the resignation of the National Libertarian Vice Chair, Arvin Vora. So here is Jeremiah Morrill, the boss hog of liberty, and Tim McGuire, the chair of the Libertarian Party of Indiana. On the line with us is both the chairman of the Libertarian Party of Indiana, Tim McGuire, and also the boss hog of liberty, who is the sixth district rep to the state central committee for the Libertarian Party of Indiana, is Jeremiah Moore. We'll start with Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you actually introduced the uh, you introduced the resolution. That's what they're called to ask for Arvin's resignation. Why did you propose this to the state central committee? In the last few weeks, uh, Mr. Vora has been damaging our reputation at the local level. Uh, we have a record of winning elections and having successful candidates uh, in Indiana, and particularly in my area where I represent in the uh, 6th Congressional District in, in uh, East Central Indiana. And we needed to have something that we could uh, point to for our local volunteers and candidates and uh, and officers to say, hey, the rep- the the comments that are being made at the national level don't represent what we're doing at the local level. And uh, that was the plea that I had, and it was well received by the, uh, the state central committee over the, uh, over the weekend that, uh, that we, while we may agree with some of the sentiments, the messaging was just completely unacceptable from, uh, from our vice chairman. So, Tim, you've been involved almost as long as I have, uh, going back to 2009, almost 10 years, and... You've been, I don't know if you've been on the Central Committee, but you've certainly been a leader in the party at the local level. I can't remember a time when the LPIN ever passed any kind of resolution like this. I mean, I know that a lot of radical states a lot of times will, like, put up some sort of resolution. So it's very odd and and out of character for the Libertarian Party of Indiana, which is normally one of the more pragmatic states, to do one of these resolutions. What does that say about the conduct of Arvin? Oh, I think it's a uh, speaks to a great deal about uh, how seriously we've taken this. Uh, you know, as you've kind of just said, uh, we we've always just minded our own business here in Indiana. We focused on positive messaging and uh, trying to win elections. And there's times where you know working with this uh, national party has served us, and other times we just kind of go our own direction and and we try not to focus on things that are too negative and. Uh, Fortunately, uh, people like uh, Jeremiah uh, took some leadership and, and was keeping track of uh, what was being said by our uh, national vice chairman and uh, took the initiative to bring this forward. And I 
think it speaks volumes that not only that somebody as nice of a guy as Jeremiah is, is, is you know, brought this forward, but it was also a unanimous decision uh, by the entire uh, state central committee of the Libertarian Party of Indiana. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's very rare, Chris, as you know, to, for, the, for that body to ever be unanimous on hardly anything. Uh, yeah. um, I, think, um, I think the fact that you know, we've been pushed too far, I think, speaks great, a great deal. I I know that was the astounding part that it was unanimous because there I don't there are almost no unanimous I mean other than little piddly things on something like this where the party is really going to put itself out there there's almost never unanimous votes on stuff Tim Oh that's absolutely right I mean and, and as pragmatic as most of us are I mean we have you know radical people in the party uh, fortunate we've been fortunate that uh, our radical caucus uh, still wants to win elections. Uh, and we have, uh, you know, we have libertarians of all stripes and all opinions, uh, and the state central committee is definitely, uh, representative of that. And, you know, for the, um, for the fact that even a few members who probably are almost anarchists on the, uh, uh, on the state central committee still think that these comments were out of line, uh, just, I mean, just shows you, uh, how damaging uh, this was to anyone who wants to win elections and, and not just score points on Facebook. So can you explain the radical versus pragmatic thing, Tim? Sure, sure. So, uh, you know, there's different people that fall in the different spectrums as far as, you know, libertarianism. Uh, there's uh, there are some that are, you know, very, very radical. They, uh, more of a destinationist um, um, you know, uh, libertarian, they want to see the radical agenda adopted immediately, and that's what they're going to push for every single time. Um, and uh, then there's others uh, who are a little bit more pragmatic, uh, what we would call a, a directionalist libertarian, saying, you know, let's start moving the needle towards liberty, and we can compromise a little, you know, we never compromise towards uh, less liberty, but we can always compromise towards more liberty and just start moving the needle a little bit further. And so those those libertarians are not necessarily going to take the strong um, take the strong stances when they're talking to the uh, uh, to the voters, uh, but you know we're still trying to make a, a libertarian um, libertarian society. Uh, the fact that even the strong stance we need to you know uh, promote the uh, radical uh, absolute perfect uh, libertarian uh, utopia to the voters, even those. Uh, even those members still saw uh, Mr. Vora's uh, comments as uh, unacceptable. Jeremiah, what were some of the comments that you heard that led you to introduce this? Because it, it, it can be controversial. So uh, I imagine that there were a lot of people in, in your area that were saying things for you to introduce this. Because Tim's right, you're not the type of person who, like, if you've pissed <laughs> Jeremiah off, <laughs> Jeremiah within the We Are Libertarians world is always the cooler. He's the Senate. He's the one that is calming everyone down. So uh, what were you hearing from just regular members in your area? I've heard from a number of people that they just, you know, this is a very very sensitive time as you're working at the local level. We're looking at an election that's 12 months away, so this is the time where we have to be recruiting candidates and we have to be recruiting volunteers for the next cycle. And in the last two weeks, I've heard from a number of people that we have in in the pipeline to be volunteers or to be candidates that all of a sudden they're not sure that they want to move forward with the party because these are the views that are being pushed. And we're not talking about people that are going to run for federal office or, uh, or 
you know, even a large statewide office. I'm talking about the people that are going to be running for my state representative seats, my county level seats, my municipal government seats in 2019. Um, and I can't lose those people because we've got somebody that's trying to use their platform as a, uh, as something other than uh, a, a winning message. And unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen uh, somebody, whenever you com- compare teachers and uh, military uh, personnel to rapists in a statement, I don't care how you're doing it or what, how eloquent you think you are, those two statements get tied together, and then it becomes the responsibility of the local candidates to answer for that, and that's unacceptable. And then over Veterans Day, uh, or the Veterans Day weekend, you know, uh, we, had, we had another similar statement uh, telling, telling military recruits, well, you tried and it's just, it's just unacceptable. Um, on no planet is that, is that messaging that's going to win an election. So, uh, like I said before, this is something that we had to do, uh, to be able to point our local candidates to something to say, you know, these, these views don't represent us and that's not what we're about. Uh, we want to have, promote personal freedoms and lower taxes and, and more liberty and, uh, and I think we can achieve that in our uh, 2018 and 2019 elections, but we're not going to do that if, uh, if we're driving people away before they're even open to listening to our message. Yeah, and just to, just to give one clarification so we're fair to Arvin, it, he didn't compare soldiers and teachers to rapists, but he used an allegory uh, trying to use rape and, and then in the next line said, don't pander to the soldiers. I mean, it was very, it was very inelegant and it certainly, you know, I don't think his intent was to say that obviously teachers and soldiers are rapists, but I think for the average listener, in my opinion, that's sort of what the message was. And I, I can tell you our, our Thursday night episode is going to be with two people who served in the military who, were so pissed off about this that they wanted to come on and actually explain what it's like to be a soldier because they, they just didn't feel like Arvin represents them. And one of them is uh, a guy named Doug Carr, Tim. And Doug is a guy that we've been trying to, probably the top digital marketer in the city, also very well known in, in terms of tech circles across the nation. Uh, somebody that I consider a big fish that I've I've been trying to woo for years into the Libertarian Party. And it's th- these kind of comments just really don't help us recruit donors, influencers, future candidates. It's, it's just really tough. And, you know, from my perspective, I am on the state central committee. I did vote for it. I did speak in favor of it. And it's not the philosophical aspect of it that I necessarily disagree with. It is that it it stops the conversations with people like Doug that – he just doesn't want to hear any more from the LP because he, they're quote unquote crazy. I mean, you you know Doug and you know a lot of these type of people, and we just have a a higher bar, don't we, Tim? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, something that I was thinking about was that Arvin needs to go back and uh, read the book uh, "How to Win Friends and Influence People." His his comments show a fundamental misunderstanding of. Uh, the idea that we can disagree with what the federal government is doing and we can disagree with what the Pen- you know, the policies of the Pentagon and still not hate the people who are, are, uh, are working uh, in that industry. Uh, I mean, I think, uh, it, it, I think libertarians should be celebrating people who want to serve their country and put themselves in harm's way. It act- it, it's actually quite a a, a liber- uh, positive libertarian message that that somebody who wants to protect the weak uh, should be, be celebrated. 
and that's that can still be true while we disagree with the policies uh, that their bosses are making. Um, it's I mean it's just unfortunate that uh, you know someone that we've put into a position of power and trust with our national party uh, doesn't understand that you know how to reach voters and and identify and empathize with them in their situation. Yeah. So how was, how was the, let's ask Jer this, uh, Jeremiah, have you heard from your local folks how the, uh, resolution was received? Everybody that I've, uh, that I've heard from in my area that I represent has been uh, wholly in favor of, of the resolution. And they've been thankful that, uh, that we stepped up and did something about it. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I think it really did put some people at ease and made them say, yeah, these, these are the folks I want to go to bat with, and this is the party I want to be a part of. Um, if we hadn't done this, I think, uh, I think we really would be looking at some, uh, you know, not, not growing the party, but, but seeing, uh, seeing folks go away that we've been working very hard to bring along. I know you know, you're not going to represent everybody. I know it was unanimous by the, uh, by the state central committee. I'm sure there are Libertarian Party of Indiana members that, uh, that, don't agree with it, uh, but the massive majority have been thankful and eventually have been, uh, you know, have been using it as a beacon that I hope they would to say, hey, we reject these, you know, this notion that uh, that we have to be divisive in our uh, in our messaging. You can, our, our friend Rex Bell said uh, very very nicely this week that you can have some of these opinions, but you have to you have to know how to uh, to make it uh, make it work. Um, he's always <laughs> told us behind closed doors. You don't have to be an asshole to be a libertarian, and that's really that's really the approach we have here. Um, you know, you can you can accomplish the same things uh, using the uh, you get more flies with honey approach, and uh, just continuing to shoot ourselves in the foot uh, in our messaging just it, it, it's unworkable. So I'm really thankful for the state search committee that we have at this time, and uh, look forward to uh, look forward to the 2018 cycle. Yeah, I I would say that there were some people on the Libertarian Party of Indiana th- Indiana thread that said, you know, the state central committee doesn't speak for me. I know there was one, you know, prominent member of of the party, a past central committee member, who was unhappy with this. Um, but by and large, I did see a positive response. I mean, I I think the sentiment of it, Tim, and this is the last question because I know you guys both have to go. It's not necessarily about the philosophy of what he's saying. It's just about the way that he's crafting the message, isn't? I mean, is is that right? Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. Uh, I mean, we obviously all um, all of us believe that uh, you know our government shouldn't be involved in um, in almost all of these uh, foreign wars, uh, if not all of them, uh, and we are we. Are, Obviously, all have uh, big disagreements with the way that the educational uh, infrastructure is uh, is being handled uh, uh, in this country. But uh, what I found interesting was uh, everybody who uh, the, the the very few people who disagreed with our resolution um, didn't disagree with us uh, on the point that Arvin was out of line. Uh, actually. Uh, the few comments I heard that said that we should not be calling for his resignation uh, still conceded that, yeah, his comments, you know, were not great. And he he hasn't been wording them greatly, which has basically been all, is our entire point. 
Uh, and I'm sorry, you know, I know, you know, a lot of people think freedom of speech means that you should be able to say whatever you want. When you've taken these positions of trust and responsibility, um, you've got to be held to a higher standard. Uh, I would challenge anyone who works uh, in, a, in a similar position with any major corporation around, uh, around the world, try making, you know, uh, negative and divisive statements like that on your personal uh, Facebook page and, and see what happens. Um, I don't want Mr. Arvin prosecuted uh, by the law for his, uh, for his comments, but they do have consequences, and, and uh, the body can decide uh, if they want him to continue representing us or not. All right, Jeremiah Morrill, Tim McGuire, thank you both for joining me.